now to some other things happening in the CBD. Um, so we kick off this Saturday morning with the top three things that you should do in around Cape Town this weekend. Um, and so what's happening, part of walking in the Cape Town CBD this week was to um, to check out the International Public Arts Festival. Now, um, it's, you know, it's... Um, IPAF is called. It's a public art celebration hosted by Baz Art, and it's back in the Mother City for its seventh edition. International and local artists use their voice and hands to create thought, provoking public artworks under the theme of What If. Um, this is a free public festival. It includes installations, sculptures, digital artworks, outdoor pop exhibitions, performances, street art tours and much more of course first thursday um you know a lot of activity was happening the town was buzzing and so we've got alexander tillman on the line who's going to give us more info as to what is ipav um you know the theme of the festival and then talking about also the importance of the nighttime economy good morning alexander good morning crystal thank you so much for receiving me Okay, excellent. So, um, can I call you Alex or should I call yeah, Alexandra? Because you're Alex French. <laughs> Alex, okay. So, Alex, I walked through the city gardens and it was absolutely amazing to see some of the artwork. Tell us about the origins of this festival. So, we started seven years ago in Salt River. We were mainly focused on street art and working with street artists. Our um, our promise to them was always that um, let's create a festival together and then we can find you work during the year. So um, obviously we get to know each other, we get to paint together, we get to understand what what the art or what their talent is about and what the expectation is. And then throughout the year we find work for the street artists. And then and then closer to now and. To today's date, we were like, well, hang on a second. If we can do that for, for muralists or, or street artists that, that likes to paint mural, we can also do it for other public art artists. So that's how we started integrating those sculpture, those installation, and the, and the company garden lends itself so beautifully for it. Yes, Alex, I mean, you know, walking through the company gardens, you see, um, you know, people having their lunch, um, you know, tourists, locals making use of the place. So I really thought it was such a great space to actually put this public art and then seeing young people giving their opinions about the art. So now, of course, this year's festival, Alex, is What If. What is behind What If? So for, for us, um, any public art, which is, like you said, freely available for the public, should trigger conversations. The goal of a public art piece is to, is to create those stories, those conversations, and to interact with. And we were like, well, what best to create what if? Because if every time you go to, or you see a piece, you say what if, and then you continue, what if um, all, the dim, all the animals were disappearing? Then, then you start chatting about it. Oh, what if the world was filled with plastic? Then, then it's thought-provoking, it creates conversation, and, and that's how, for us, art should be seen. Mm, yes, Alex. Um, and then the artists, tell us about them, where they're from. Um, you know, you, you, say, you said initially, street artists, obviously now you've expanded that. Um, mm -hmm. Who are they, and you know, how did you get them to work on the theme, what if? So artists, 
since the beginning, um, half of them are South African, half of them are international. Um, South Africans are from from all over the country, and and the other half, which is international, basically from all over the world. Um, that goes from as close as Zimbabwe, then a bit further Rwanda, then Europe. You have Spain, Ireland, even further you go to Brazil. Um, so basically, it's a, it's a panel of artists. Um, we still have muralists, so we still have street artists. We have eight walls that have been painted around the city center. Um, so it's not just a garden, so you can expand your walk and go and go further. It's a, it's a five-kilometer walk in total. Um, and, um, and the last thing I want to say is that since it's free, we have created a map so that people know where to go and how to go. Um, they can download it online or we can give it to them when they arrive at in-company gardens. Yes. So, Alex, I earlier spoke about the city and, you know, how cities change. And we know that COVID hit cities particularly hard over the past few years. And, of course, to have an art festival, you bring different people out and about. I mean, for you, I mean, I assume that you live between cities. Um, You know, what's your what's been your sense of how cities have changed and why art is so important to to bring about debate, but also bring people back into cities? So, yeah, what we realized again over the years um, during this adventure is as soon as you put art in a city environment or in a, I would say, in a resident and community environment, um, yeah, people people interact and speak about it, as I said, but it also creates a feeling of, of pride and belonging. Like, well, this is this is my piece from my neighborhood. And, and you share it with your neighbors and you start talking with your neighbors. So it really creates a... Like um, an, an identity, and it unifies the neighborhoods around around the art. That is something very strong we've realized over the years. But also, what we realized more recently, and that and COVID was the good uh, was a good example of it, is that we started working with all the tour guides in Cape Town um, because they had no work, um, because they were not tourists, and and we realized that public art or street art has also an impact on tourism and employment in the tourism industry. But then we realized also for marketing agencies um, that are shooting films and adverts starts using public art. So public art, you might think it's just a piece or a statue or a painting in the city, but it has an impact on a lot of people around it. And, and for me, that's, that's beautiful because we don't realize it when we look at it at first. Absolutely, Alex, which brings me to you, my next question. So, of course, art is one aspect, but you've also had different roundtables. You've had people talking about art. And I've been struck, and it's something that I've been following, is the the talk of creative economy, um, you know, around market strategies for the growth of the creative economy. Um, I attended a roundtable, actually, from a Parisian institute. Um, so, for instance, but in 2020, South Africa's creative economy contributed close to 3% of the country's overall GDP. And we're looking at billions of rand, which, of course, um, you know, ensuring that the creative and cultural industry, um, you know, can grow, it can create jobs, it can create to a debate. Um, what's your um, thoughts around the creative economy and how are you going to ensure that, of course, the festival ends at a certain date? What happens to the art? What happens next? So um, I'll start by the end of your question. Um, our, our promise to the artists we work with and that participate to the festival is to help them find them 
jobs so that they can start living off their talent. And and for that, the best way and what we have seen and spoken about during the conference is, is collaboration. Um, the marketing agencies, the film industry, the gaming industry, they all need some creativity. They all need some creatives. They all need artists. Even even the, the retailers, sometimes they need artists as well. Um, it can be for simple graphic design, but sometimes it can be for redecorating or painting their interior. So so when we realize that, that artists, should, artists shouldn't work in silos, but actually should expand and look at the other sectors of of commerce of of the of the of the industry, then then you realize that there's a lot more opportunity than you might think. And the the goal of that conf- or one of the goal of that conference was to illustrate that how can artists work with a marketing agency or with an event company. Mm-hmm. And so that is our promise for after the festival is to start more and more collaboration cross sector. Great stuff, Alex. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you and um, good luck with today. But before I end off, what's your favorite piece of art? Um, I'm often asked that. Um, I'm often asked that. I can't can say. It's very difficult for me to say. Um, I know, Alex. It's I like asking a journalist. To, I suggest anyone to go and take a walk and choose for themselves. Great. Too difficult to say. Absolutely mm-hmm. agreed. That's that's the right answer, Alex. But Alexander Tillman, absolutely pleasure to speak to you, co-founder of the International Public Arts Festival. Check it out. It's in the city. It's there. You know, it's for free. And get another sense of your city, Cape Town. On ktalk.co.za. On the app. On DSTV Channel 885. And across the city on 567 AM. Good morning, Cape Town. I'm Crystal Audison standing in. Um, and today, the second popular thing to do for me is, of course, the Mowbray Market. Now, several small-scale farmers, local food producers and artisans will be showcasing their produce and products at the Mowbray Market outside Gordon's Gym in Mowbray today. Now, the market is hosted by the Trust for Community Outreach and Education, the Rural Women's Assembly and the Inyanda National Lands Rights Movement in an effort to strengthen local food markets. Now, the pilot market to place um, in December and it was a great success um, and the Mowbray Market will now be a regular feature in Mowbray taking place um, the first Saturday of every month and I really think it's an opportunity for you to buy locally produced food but also support local farmers and um, to tell us more on what the market is all about is Robert Andrews from TCOE. Good morning Robert. Good morning, Crystal. How are you doing? Good, good. Great to have you, and um, congratulations on the Mowbray Market. Now, um, Robert, you have you work with farmers. Um, you've introduced all sorts of new ways of farming. Firstly, tell us about why this market is so important and what has it meant for local farmers. Uh, for me, the importance of the market, I guess, is is around local farmers or local producers in rural areas. Uh, being able to access markets where they are actually buying power um, before the model was always based around people centering their markets close to where they come from. But uh, the access to a buying power hasn't been successful and people haven't been able to create sustainable livelihoods. So I guess bringing uh, 
creating the logistical uh, option to bring the market to Cape Town has, has made that possible so people can create livelihoods um, from the produce that they farm. And what kind of produce is on offer? So today, um, from we, we've got some producers from Sierra coming who are bringing local pumpkin, jalapenos, um, spinach that they grow out of the aquaponic system from Zoar. They're bringing various preserves. I know out of Genadendal, they're going to bring lots of endemic uh, trees. Some sustainably uh, harvested feinbos is going to be on offer out of all of the areas will be bringing the different preserves. So, I mean, we, we've got some fantastic stuff and not your usual run-of-the-mall preserves. Um, the last time we were out there, prickly pear preserve, we've got aloe preserve, uh, not your usual bag of fruit, but, I mean, it, it, it's really exciting. Mm. Um, Robert, so most of the small-scale farmers and food producers at the market practice ag- agroecology, which of course ensures chemically free food grown in a sustainable and environmentally friendly way. Tell us more about it. Okay, so I guess agro agroecology is, is is a way to to farm using nature. Um, We've 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 looked at some some of the other options out there, which is um, it's basically born. It's very similar to some of some of the other processes that we do, like biodynamic farming, uh, sustainable farming. But it's growing food that's in season using uh, open pollinated variety seeds, seed saving, so that there's a state, so that there's a sustainability about the farming practice as well as the livelihoods that it creates. And Robert, what's been your sense working with the farmers? Have they welcomed it? Um, you know, what's been the response? Um, for, for farmers have been, um, many of the farmers are not necessarily well-funded. Um, what what we've done recently is we're currently uh, working with a big social grant that we got. It's uh, a three-year grant, and and what we've done is, or what we are busy doing, is creating 48 hubs nationally. Um, and so currently, in 2022, we set up 16 different hubs um, in the various provinces that we work. We are in the process of setting up another 16 hubs this year, and then in 2024, another 16 hubs. So from each hub, um, we have two uh a practitioner and an intern, someone who learns the business and how to grow. Um, they in, in turn teach people and they support the local backyard farmers in the area as well. So there's there's an element of food security as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're aiming that our 48 hubs will support 3,000 backyard farmers. Um, and that's how we are building this model. Fantastic, Robert. And so, how many farmers in total, and what's the time until what time today? So we will be operating from half past nine until three o'clock today. Um, and in total, we are having twenty uh, local producers and rural farmers here today selling their wares and products. Okay. So, Robert, just uh, before you go, I have to ask you, um, you work with farmers. You you talked about, you know, how farmers have been struggling, how they don't have access to money. Um, we've also seen the cost of living, I mean, 
Robert, I mean, buying fruit and vegetables for many people, you know, it becomes a luxury or those that can are shopping around. Um, what do you think? What what can we do to one support local farmers like you are and your organization and this market, um, but also ensuring that ordinary people have access to you know fresh food and fresh fruit and vegetables? I think the, the, the Crystal, that's a really good question. I think there's a couple of things that can be done. So we've supported uh, local backyard gardeners. So if you have a small piece of grass, we provide seedlings that people can grow so that they can have um, some sort of food at home. Um, also, one of the one of the big it's steps that um, one of the big steps that this market does, and or for me, that's amazing. It reduces the distance between the actual farmer and the end user of the of the produce. Um, so that in th- that last uh, that cold chain or all the logistics that happens between uh, the farm gate and your plate, I guess, is, is cut out. So the, the cost of the the cost of the produce is not exorbitant. Excellent. Thanks, Robert, for that. So good luck with today. Um, I hope I'll be able to come pop in and get some of these very interesting um items that you mentioned on the show. I've actually never heard of it, Robert, to be very honest with you, but I think I should come and see it for myself, feel it, taste it, and good luck with today, Robert. Okay, great. Thank you so much for having us. Kate Talk. WhatsApp 072-567-1567. And then the big event in Cape Town today is the Pride March, which is actually going to happen outside the studio. Um, it starts outside Prestwich Street Primary School in Alfred Street in the Vatikant. The parade will leave and then proceed along Prestwich Street right into Capini and then right into Somerset. I'm giving you you know, the direction in case you get lost. Now, the parade will also stop at the Rainbow Crossing for the official ribbon cutting to start the parade. And it just all sounds excited. Um, and we've got um, Vensel April on the line who's going to tell us more about this year's Pride event, what's happening, who's performing, um, and just what the day is all about. Good morning, Vensel. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. We were hoping that you were going to pick up your phone because I can imagine you have a long day ahead, Vincent. Or did you party last night? No, I made sure I got some sleep. Oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't be out. Great. So, Vincent, tell us, you know, this year's Pride March, what's the theme? What's on offer? Yeah, so uh, this year we... I'm scared for the numbers that have, that have come in already. We, we've we capped at 7,000. And we are sold out, actually. So um, this year's theme, we went with hashtag own your truth. Um, there's, there's always been a saying around living your truth and live out your truth, who you are as a person. But it's a different thing to actually own it and, and, and have um, control over who you are and how you can stand um, stand steadfast in, in your truth and who you are as a person. Um, and that is why we went with the hashtag own your truth. And the festival is just, it's bigger in so many ways. It's bigger in not just um, totals attending the, 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 the festival, but also um, performances, um, NGOs we have on um, on board as well. We'll have this stall to, um, so people can go and network with them and, sh- and they share what they do within the LGBTQIA plus community. We have artists um, from people who have been here for, the, for, the, for 13 years and we have others who are on stage for the very first time. 
Um, we have the likes of uh, Jared Ricketts, uh, Craig Jordan, as well as the Transformers, who are newcomers, the, those three musicians. We also have um, 3D, who's been on the stage for the past 13 years. Uh, we have Three Tons of Fun. We have the Three Fingers. It's quite a number of groups of threes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's, um, we also have so many NGOs who, who will be joining us. Uh, Gender Dynamics, I Am, the Queer Face Collective, amongst others. We have university groups who will be there. Um, so it's, it's it's just bigger in so many ways, and it's it's still our 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 protest to the world, I suppose. Mm. Besides the, the the party at the end of the day, as yeah. Yes, Wenzel. So of course we know in Joba because I was in Santon last year. Um, you know the event was kind of marred by the security issues, etc. But here in Cape Town, you obviously have the support of the city, you have the support of NGOs and other organisations. Yes, that's correct. Um, we are. We are quite blessed and, and, and to have the city support us and to have it in such a confined space also helps us control what, what is happening and especially for the safety and security for, for people attending, our, our patrons who are attending. We want to give people a really um, good experience of the day, you know, and we want people to be safe. So we are thankful for law enforcement and, and steps that will be here, as well as uh, um, the security company, obviously, that we've employed. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, where can the public see it? Because, of course, you know, tickets are sold out. You said you're capping the numbers, but your lineup, I mean, I, you can imagine, Wenzel, 3D. I mean, I've been following them for years. I've gone to to one I even did a documentary on them. Can you believe it? So, what, like, if, if I don't have a ticket, what's going to happen, Wenzel? Oh, you missed out because tickets have been on, online since November last year and you and thousands of others, my phone has not stopped people asking, can I buy tickets? Do you have tickets? Please, I need four tickets. Uh. Um, unfortunately, we, we can't, you know, we, we have to also abide with what, uh, with, with city rules. And, and again, it comes, it boils down to safety and security of, 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 our, of our patrons. And so we, unfortunately, people are going to have to either watch their friends' uh, Facebook Live, um, their Instagram Live. no, <laughs> that's wrong, that's punishment. We also have CTV on, on board, so if you, if you, uh, you know, which channel they are on, um, you're absolutely more than welcome to watch it from there as well. Okay. Unless, unless you have a drone and you can actually just watch from your drone. Okay, Wenzel, whatever. Now, and, and the parade. Tell us about the parade. Can at least, can we, you know, stand here on the road? What can we view it? Yes, absolutely. We have about um, 50 or 55 groups um, as part of the march. And I think it's also one of our biggest marches. Um, you can line the, the, the streets along um, Somerset Road, bring your pride flag, bring your love, bring your energy, bring your support. Um, it's definitely something that you that we would love people to to see and witness as well. Hashtag own your truth. If you own don't have truth. a ticket like me, this is going to be, as Vincent <laughs> said, Icona. You can't get there. Watch it on Facebook Live. Um, but I wish you all the best. It sounds exciting. It's going to be great, Vincent. So have fun. Thank you so, so much, Vicky. Thank you. You're with Cape Talk. So Cape Town, there we have it. You can go check out some free art um, in the gardens. You can go to Mowbray Market and taste and see some new vegetables and um, fruit from farmers from across the Western Cape. They've come all the way from Seerbrook. And then lastly... 
Cape Town Pride, people. It's going to be happening. If you don't have a ticket like me, you have to watch it on Facebook Live, but you can partake in the parade. So please, Cape Town, come and show some love. Hashtag own your truth. 